Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's good morning. your butt? Good morning. Good morning. It's Christmas. How's your butt? Good morning. Over to sports with the Super Bowl report. How's your butt, Super Bowl? With the sports report, here's sports. Hi, I'm sports. Um, I'm wearing shorts. It's the sports guy in 94HJY is Jim Shorts on sports. Do you remember that? Oh. When we're oh. driving through Providence. Mm-mm. Yes, you do. Oh, okay, I do. Hey, I'm Jim Shorts on sports. <laughs> I forget I forget his um, real name because obviously everybody in Rhode Island knows each other. Oh, yeah. But he was like, he may still live in East Providence. He, he was like, you know, like a a basketball coach or a, like a pro coach. No, no, no. Oh. Like, like a, like middle schools or, or, oh. or why or something. Oh, then who cares? Yikes. <laughs> JK, are we really Yikes. recording? Yes, it's recording. Why are you such just, a, why one, are you a wicked bastard? I get one check and that's it. Why are you a wicked bastard? Well, it all started in childhood. It's also not Christmas. Glennis took down our Christmas tree and put away all the Christmas stuff. I'm such a bastard. Can there you was, even believe? There was one picture of Jack with Santa Claus still left up, and I saw it, and I was like, yes, she missed it. And then she <laughs> saw it, and she was like, put this in the fire. No more Christmas! Rip this up and burn it. <laughs> burn the house down with all the Christmas stuff inside. Yeah, I'm really a bastard. What a wicked bastard. <laughs> How's your butt, Matt? Good. Good. Well, welcome to I Love You, Okay? I Love You, Okay? Okay. Starring Matt and Glennis McCarthy, a real-life married couple on the brink of survival. <laughs> that's Matt, and, and I'm Glennis. And that's Glennis. And uh, you know who we are. If you've been listening, if you haven't, welcome to the show. Welcome, friend, foe. <laughs> yeah, we are married today. Today we're married and we're going to focus on today because we're married still. The relationship is surviving. Yeah. We're doing our best. Glennis just got back from Hawaii. I went to Maui. I went to Maui, took my show there, had a pretty profound experience, came back. Brought that experience back with me. <sighs> and now you're spreading it like the HIV virus. Oh, shit. Matthew. Is that redundant? <laughs> Does the V stand for virus? Yeah. Yeah. Does the V stand for... Does the V stands for virus <laughs> is what I said, I believe. The, the V stands for virus? <laughs> Does the V stands for virus? <laughs> I have questions. I have STD diseases. <laughs> That's how Matt used to speak. And then he got hit in the head with a car door. And now he knows perfect. He knows how to speak good. Did you tell everybody what your show is called and what's it about? Everybody on the show know. It's called uh, Cave Girl the Musical. I will never perform it again. Never really? say never. No, that was it. I, I don't want to perform it again. Why not? Because it's a dark place to go back to, and I don't like going back there. 
it's very hard to go back to that place. The cave. The cave. The the mindset of wanting to live in a cave, which I had. Well, we have video of it. Yeah, and I got a video actually in Maui too. They took video for free. Which show? All of them? The first one. Wow. Yeah. Where I actually had a pretty decent audience and a pretty good show. Um, yeah, Cave Girl the Musical. I wrote a musical, solo musical, and did it in the um, Hollywood Fringe Festival. I say fringe because my friend today said, was your show in French? <laughs> and I said, no, why? In a French festival. In a French festival. I thought that was pretty adorable. And um, yeah, it's about a woman who wants to go live in a cave by herself and drink herself to death. And that's because that's what I really wanted for my life at one point before I got sober. So in sobriety, I said, you know what? I'm going to turn that frown upside down and create a musical. No, Glennis said that to me once. We were we were fighting. <laughs> I don't we weren't drunk. I don't think we were drunk. Maybe we were high. I don't even know what. I really said that to you. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you said <laughs> I thought what? you said. I thought you meant I said turn your frown upside down. <laughs> I was like this is significant. You were constantly <laughs> saying that. Turn that frown upside down, motherfucker. <laughs> oh shit, sorry. Continue. No, I finally was just like, God, what the fuck do you want? Well, we were I was just, just always fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? And he's like, what the fuck? And do I was you like, want? just what do you want? Just what? And you were like, do you want to know what I want? I want to go live in a cave and drink myself to death. Just, you know, just, just be an alcoholic. And I think that's the first honest thing I ever said. And I was so like, what? Even to you, it didn't sound good. Well, it, 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 not that it didn't sound good. I was just like, that was the first time I'd ever heard you even refer to yourself as like an alcoholic. And I was still like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I was so disconnected from. I was just so disconnected. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't see it in me, couldn't see it in you. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't see it in you. I mean, which is crazy. I couldn't yeah, same. But I Yeah, think, but I mean like every once in a while, like I would piss in the closet or like, you know, come home at like five and you'd be fucking furious and take off your like either engagement ring or wedding ring, you'd be like, you're an alcoholic. Like you would like well, write me these. Self- I don't know if I'd say that though. Cause I feel like the, distinction- no, I, no, no, no. I remember specifically on Graham Avenue, there was a time where it was like, you were, I don't even remember what the, what had happened. If it was like, I threw up, I came back and threw up or I got up and pissed or, or what? No idea. Yeah. But it was like, you were, ready to like you sat down we had you were this very measured tone like you'd practice this in your head and you're like you were you were going to start looking for your own apartment and then at one point you were like you're an alcoholic Mm. wow and i was just like i was like i'm not a fucking alcoholic yeah i'm like if i was an alcoholic like that whole 
you know, cupboard full of booze would be emptied out. Right. You know. Yeah. Which is like that we thing. We didn't understand alcoholism. No, and a lot no, of people don't. No, I, I, I hear it all the time from people. They're like, I thought an alcoholic was somebody with a brown bag under a bridge. Right. I mean, and I've heard, you know, horror stories. And of course, there are those people too. Right. You know, but there are also people who don't drink every day and, you know, don't even drink every weekend. But, you know, I certainly drank when I didn't want to. Drank to help myself feel comfortable, yeah, popular, pretty, you know, all the reasons that I, I mean, maybe everybody else has their reasons, but you know, I was, you know, I am, yeah, I didn't drink every day, I didn't get drunk every time I drank, but um, I smoked pot every day mm-hmm. as much as I could, as often as I could. When I felt, basically put it this way, when I, my drinking, when I controlled it, I couldn't enjoy it. And when I enjoyed it, I couldn't control it. Right. And I think about times when, especially once you were in the picture, when it was like this, like, oh God, I got to fucking like not drink or, you know, I'm being babysat or, you know, I'm going to piss off. Like, I remember one time, like. When we went to, me, Vince, and Tom went to like New York or somewhere. Oh, yeah. To do the live show uh, for the wrestling podcast. And like, I remember just getting like, like I was like, oh my God, it felt like the first time I'm off the fucking leash, (laughs) you know? But it was still that, like, I remember specifically feeling like this, this, this like cloud of I can drink however much I want, but I still have to keep it together to somehow prove to someone. And Tom was so, uh, well, 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 no, he's talked about it. Tom was sober as well as he still is. But um, so maybe there was like part of that, like with him, Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But it was also, it was just like, I was just determined not to black out. Yeah. That was like, I was like, I'm going to remember everything. I'm going to remember everything. And then, like, I'm the last one out at the bar, of course. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I I remember getting back to the hotel. We got the hotel, the hostel. We were staying at a fucking hostel. <laughs> and, but then I remember the next morning, like as soon as I as soon as my eyes opened, I was like, "Oh God!" And I ran into the bathroom and just fucking wretched, Gladys. I wretched. Oh my God! You went to see the wretched to have <laughs> be fun. fun. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Cosby Show. It's still a good I, show. It's yeah, it's fantastic. There were there were more people involved than I know than Doctor. It just gets tainted a little bit. Oh, uh, just a tiny, just a bit. tiny little bit. It leaves a strange taste in your mouth, Str- as oh. though you've been drugged. Oh, too soon. I think we talked on the phone that night, didn't we? Talk on the phone, or like I talked to Vince or Tom or something, just to make sure you were okay. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, really, I'm pretty sure. And here's the other Ugh, thing: fucking checking up on me. <laughs> here's the other thing: is like. 
when when we would be out together, I would be on, I wouldn't drink as much because I would be on high alert with you. And then if we did drink together, it was always a horrible night. It was always, I would drink too much, end up getting mean or ang- or crying or yelling <sighs> or hitting or terrible things. Just unmanageable. Yeah, but drinking and then eventually, you know, smoking pot, you know, alcoholically. That, well, yeah, because because that was because the I because I quit drinking once before I even met you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was like, oh, I can do this. It was fine. You yeah. know, yeah, I was in my early twenties, I was still drinking like I was in college, you know? Yeah. But like with pot, like I was like, I can smoke pot all day, every day. As soon as I wake up, go to work, smoke pot, Mm -hmm. you know, leave work, smoke pot, walking around the city, walking around New York city. Smoking a bowl on the street. Just smoking a giant bowl. Yeah. And I would drive around Los Angeles Hi, and I know there's a lot of people who probably do that all the time, but it is. Well, it's got nothing to do with them. It was me because it was it was like you said when when I started, I couldn't stop. Um, when I stopped, I couldn't remember not to start. (laughs) You know, and it was that thing of like I I didn't know what was going to happen. If I went out drinking, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to have two or if I was going to wake up on the couch and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like the night I came back after like Jackie was born, we came home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. I remember getting home from the bar and being like, ah, good job. You kept it together. (laughs) And then I woke up on the couch, no idea what had happened, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And what had happened was your poor wife who had just had a C-section and couldn't drink was stuck with a baby she could barely pick up. And right. then you came home and plopped into bed all shit faced. And I was fucking furious. I was so mad. But then, you know, it's like I have no right to be mad because I have decided to stay in a relationship with somebody who is awesome. You know. <laughs> fucking, exactly. Fucking the coolest. Exactly. Anyway, guys, uh, send us your emails and have a good night. But it's it, it, it that's that's all it comes down to. Is that times I said I was not going to drink and I drank. Times that I said I'm not going to smoke pot and I smoked pot. That's that's my alcoholism. You know, that's yeah. all. I wanted to stop and couldn't. Right. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, I didn't think that I could. I mean, I definitely used alcohol. Um, I abused alcohol, but I definitely didn't think I could live without weed. Like that was what I mm-hmm. stopped when I stopped like really, really drinking. I started using weed and I was like, there's no way I can live without weed. There's just, no Oh, way. that's what I was going to say. When I, that first time I quit on my own and like, I bet I went about 30 days with nothing. And then I was like, well, I can smoke weed. And then I would smoke weed and I would say to people like, well, weed never made me throw up. Right. Right. Which, which isn't true. Like I would, <laughs> I would like, cough so hard hork down as much as i could oh because i could not get high enough yeah that i would make myself throw up but yeah. i was like never made me black out and piss my pants <laughs> yet <laughs> yeah fingers crossed yeah 
well, I, when I had that therapist in New York, the mm. one that I saw for seven years. And then you saw her. On a screen. And then you were like, I can't see this therapist anymore. Glenda saw her scare therapist on a scooter. And was like, like a push scooter in the city. And I was like, oh, like, my God. Like, oh, no. Well, I first saw her from behind riding a push scooter. And I was like, oh, come on, lady. Have some fucking dignity, come on, dignity please. And then she turned her head and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Serious judgment on that part. Uh, on my part. She said to me. Like right before we moved out here, she was like, I'm really worried that you're going to move to L.A. and become an addict. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm not an addict. She's like, I think you're going to go to L.A. and get addicted and you're and it's going to be a big problem. And I'm like, OK, well, go fuck yourself. I'm never going to talk to you again. It's funny. That's not the way you used to tell that story. How did I used to tell the story? I'm trying to think. I don't know. It was it was like the way you used to present that was like that she was like manipulating you into like. Well, there was other stuff in addition to that. Like she said some stuff that was very problematic. Like she said something like if you, you know, she said, um, you know, a lot of people who become famous that are my clients, they'll just pay me under the table and then we don't even have to deal with insurance. And I was like, huh? Okay. Thanks for the vote of confidence that you think I'm going to be famous, but right. what? Um, There's something else she said I can't think of, but. Well, did she want to keep doing it like over the phone or something? She wanted to keep doing it over the phone. Yeah. She, yeah. I mean, at that point I was just like, you are just, I'm just, I'm just money to you at this point, you know, like. Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, now that I think about it and I hear it again with like a clear head, you know, for the first time in years, every therapist I've ever been to or we've ever been to has been like dealing with value options which is now beacon health oh yeah they're like it is the biggest pain in the fucking ass oh huge pain so i don't i almost don't fault her for being like look if you get rich just pay me under the table <laughs> right yeah so i don't have to fucking just deal with this bullshit i mean listen i pay my psychiatrist you know a fee like she's not in network i just pay right. her because there's but i see her once every six months like i don't have to go every right. every month now you know I remember there was one when i was like trying to find us like a marriage counselor i remember calling one woman and she was like oh are you sag and i was like yeah she goes i just i can't deal with it anymore yeah yeah it's it's a nightmare supposedly the best insurance you could have <laughs> right i guess unless you're like a fucking senator oh interesting well, now I, I've been told. Well, I don't know. I assume they give themselves amazing health care, but I'm not, sure they but not do. the rest of the country. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Well, maybe you should be a senator if you want to marry your oh, therapist. You should, what? Well, maybe you should run for Senate. Elizabeth Warren did it. <laughs> um, I just heard about an app from my friend uh, called VC. I think it's just the letter V and then S-E-E. And I think you can see psychiatrists on there for... I think you can go through insurance, hmm. but it's cheaper. I really haven't like looked into FaceTime it. Like FaceTime with a shrink? Well, it's through the app, so it's secure. Um, and she, my friend does it, so I'm, I don't know. Hmm. I might check it out. I, I'm tired of paying. Now she's $250, my psychiatrist. Like, so expensive. For like 20 minutes. 
And like, it's it, not even a 50 minute session because it's not therapy. It's just. Right. It's just like, is this med working? Yeah. Like, how is your anxiety? Are you sleeping? Are you, you know, de- feeling depressed? And, you know, which is what we're going to talk about today, actually, because we got an email. Um, but yeah, it's very expensive and she's a wonderful person. Like, I just yeah. adore her. But- yeah, no, no, I'm sure she's f- fucking great. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's a fucking peach crease. A peach crease. God, that is the worst name. Are you guys watching The Outsider? Oof. We're watching it together. We are. And when either person, we, our safe word is, you're asleep, we're stopping it. And I'm not. And, and at one no. point, no. our safety word. <laughs> our safety word. No. Our safety word. No. What Matt is trying to say is he falls asleep and then I will stop the show and then he'll go, what, what are you doing? And I'll go finish it. I'll go. You want to sleep through the rest of it? I'm. I'm. (laughs) I freely admit I'm the worst. I'm the worst. No, I'm the same way. Reading like last night, I'm like, like I'm like I start nodding off, and then I open my eyes. I'm like, I have to finish this whole book. (laughs) You said that like Jack. I have to finish the whole book tonight. I have to finish. (laughs) To read the book. (sighs) But then at one point, Glennis was tired, and I wasn't. And she's like, do you want to stop? You can finish it. I'll just go to bed. And I was like, no, I'm a good person. We're watching I, the show. I never do that to you. Together. And you're like, you owe me one. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that to you. I meant you owe me a watch. You yeah, owe yeah, me a watch yeah. Ahead. You know I don't what's talk it? like that also. You owe me one. <laughs> Hi, everyone. How's your butt? <laughs> This did occur to me, though. Okay. Uh, like, like, like the movie Parasite, right? You watched it. Yeah. I haven't watched it. I would be. There's nothing about. Maybe we didn't have a plan to watch it together, no. or even if we did, like, I don't. Here's the thing, it's. I don't feel the same way about movies as I would about TV shows. Weird. Why? Well, because it's it's a it's a one punch experience with the movie. It's like you sit down, you watch the movie, and you can you can watch it multiple times. I don't really yeah, go back and watch series multiple no, times. No, I don't go back. With, Gilmore Girls, yes. How many times have you watched that full? The series? whole series, yeah. three. Damn. Girl. Yeah. How many years was it on? Uh, I think there are eight seasons. Also, my go-to GIF online or like with text when somebody feels like that they've been duped is is the mom going, you've been Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten that GIF, but that's okay. Well, you you never I've get never duped. Been Gil- you've never been I've duped. I've never been duped ever. You've never been duped. <laughs> never. I've never been Gilmore. Not once. Not once. Not once. Um... So there's something, but I don't know, it's with TV shows, because it's such a a longer journey, it's such a commitment, it's such a, we're on this journey together, whereas like a movie, it's like, yeah, right. like like with Stranger Things or something, it's just be like, oh my God, it's back, we have to, like The Outsider, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I, I want to keep watching it, but I want to keep watching it with you. Yeah, yeah. Like truly, as I'm so into this show. If you like watch the ne- next episode without me, I'd be like, 
I would never do that again. I, but I'm saying. Yeah, I know. But like with cats, like I could watch that anytime, <laughs> anywhere. And now thanks to Nina, you have the uh, a original. Double, a double VHS. <laughs> unopened. <laughs> I didn't even ask where she got that. Maybe is that all from, from all of them? I think. Yeah. Is that all from Colfax? Yeah. I love it. That's where Robert gave me the robe too. He comes walking in the room with it. He goes, dude, it's the first movie I ever shot in CinemaScope. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They're speaking your language. I mean, this is the greatest. I got VH chips. V- VH chips. Video home system tapes today. Is that what it stands for? I have too many VHS tapes, too many DVD tapes, a respectable amount of Blu-ray tapes, a a respectable amount of VHS, of Laserdisc tapes, and at a whopping five CEDs, I have too many capacitance electronic discs tapes. Nerd! I love it. I love it. I love it. I should have one more CED, but I gave it to Mance Warner. What did he do with it, Glennis? Uh, he probably stuck it up his butt crack, if you ask me. Uh, that kid's always sticking shit up his butt crack. So you're not doing Cave Girl anymore? <sighs> no, I, I don't think so. I think I knew that these would be my last performances. How Howie was Maui. So I haven't even really talked to you about the whole, I like texted you about it, but did I really like tell you the whole thing? I don't think we really talked about it yet. No, you just kind of, there was like after your last show and before the awards and then after the awards, you texted me like a lot pissed the fuck off. (laughs) And then you like called me and you're like, this is always classic whenever you're like, <laughs> can you just pretend that you're not sober and just talk to me like I'm your wife? And I'm I like, don't talk like that. That's the way it comes off, because <laughs> then it's just like. You're basic. What you're saying to me is I don't want solution. I, didn't want solution. I don't want to feel good about this. I, I just want you to co-sign the bullshit yep. and fucking tell me that everyone fucking sucks. Yeah. I did. And then you called me back because I'm here with Jackie. And then well, he woke up. Well, don't ruin the ending. What, I'm, I called you back and what? That night? Then you called me back and we like, then I had nothing to say. Oh. <laughs> and then you hang up and then you text me like two minutes later, which is always my favorite thing. I always do that. That's my MO. You are. You've a, been Glenised. You. <laughs> Glenised. <laughs> You are a big, big fan of a post-fight text apology battle. Battle. Why? Why battle to the death? Why are you talking to me? Is basically what the text said. <laughs> or I could dig it up and find oh, it. Oh, it's so hard to be married to Glenna. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot of work, and and hearing and you hear that noise a lot. Um. She just pointed at her butthole, which she did at everybody. <laughs> Weird. Glennis ripped the biggest fart earlier today. She was on the floor with Jack. What? And I'm pretty sure she's pretty sure she said to him, Jack, I'm gonna fart on your head. <laughs> and then no. she, she no. shook the floorboards <laughs> with air from her butthole. And then like the varnish from the the wood, we have really nice. 
wood floors. You're embarrassing me. Am I? No. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, uh, Jack's hair changed color. (laughs) It's polka dot now. It's bald now. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was pretty (laughs) spectacular. So then you text me and you're like. Well, that's my favorite joke to do with Jackie. What? It's to fart on cue. <laughs> it's just I'm just like kids are my audience, you know. Sure. Yes. Oh man, he thinks it's so funny. Okay, so I texted you. Kids are my jam. <laughs> so you, you text me. You're like, why aren't you? Why wouldn't you talk on the phone? And I said, because you don't want to hear anything that I have to say. And that did get through to me. Well, wh- as soon as I sent that, I was like, oh my god, where did that come from? That's like. That's the God's honest truth. And it's like, I was like, oh my God, that's actually how I feel. I wrote it in a succinct. You said what you mean, but you didn't say it. Right. Yeah. I was like, because you don't want to hear anything that I have to say. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I don't. Yeah. And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh my God, I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. Like I wasn't trying to manipulate or, or like cause a feeling or like get sympathy or Or, I was like, I I looked at it. I hit something and I was like, Oh my God, that really is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's not like this awful, not bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's not drama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was, I'm so glad that the night went down like that. I'm sorry that you are always pulled into my, yeah, but My I'm but I process I, session or whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, fine, but I'm also starting to, or not even starting to. I'm getting uh, boundaries, and I'm yeah having boundaries, and like anything that was happening that night, I was like, oh, it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah, and, and I'm her, a big girl, and, and I, I can know, take care of myself, right? And I know why she's angry or frustrated or whatever and i have other people to reach out to or like anything that's being directed at me i don't have to take it on right um you know i just i'm i am patrick swaysley swaysley i am patrick swaysley and this is road (laughs) howless yeah i um, it's not personal it's just a job what if somebody calls my mama whore well is she boom boom you say I'm being called a cocksucker ain't personal. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking up. We still have to watch that. I'll watch that. Oh my god, that movie's incredible. And then we'll watch um he's Parasite. Such a, he's together. such a hero. Yes. A creature double feature, Roadhouse and Parasite. <laughs> That's right. We'll look for thick common themes, similarities, hip movement. Does Patrick Swayze move his hips a lot in that movie? Patrick Swayze has a car. That's his car that he loves. Oh. But when he drives to a new town to be the cooler, who's the head of the the bouncers. Right. He puts that car that he loves into storage or like covers it up. And then he buys a shitty used car that he doesn't care about that he drives to work because he knows people will smash the car and pop the tires and shit. And that's so funny. It's it's fucking incredible. His hair's perfect. The movie's amazing. (sighs) Roadhouse. The coolest. Sam Elliott's in it. Sam Elliott is like, he's always been 60, but like he's young. Yeah. 
He's also doesn't have like the full mustache. It's just he's like got a stubble beard. Half stash. Oh. It's fucking incredible. Oh. He is a fucking FDA approved great A hunk, Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that's what you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? No, I said I, I was hoping oh, oh, that oh. was what you were going to say. A hunk. You got a good Sioux City Sasparilla? That's a good one. It's pretty good. I Calls himself it. the dude. <laughs> if you were listening to my voice on headphones, it would sound amazing. Mm. I want to tell you a story. Oh, it's getting worse. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Hawaii. I'm thirsty. Do you want to get water? Yeah. You want to pause it and I'll pee and then we'll talk about Hawaii. Okay. We'll be back after these messages. We'll, we'll be right, right back. back. Yuck. <laughs> Stop talking. Start talking. Okay. <clears throat> I love the smell of this office every time I walk in. It just smells like paper. Like a hamster cage. Without the poop and pee. <sighs> a couple things. Okay. This water's so good. When we went to our dear friend Susan Burke's house for Christmas Eve, Jackie threw up outside, just walking up to the place. He's like, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. He even told you. Yeah. He's fucking Babe Ruth. He called his shot. Yeah. <laughs> he told you before we went, he's like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to throw up. And then he pointed to the ground. And he pointed to the ground and, and he then threw, he threw up. up on it. So I went in and calmed him down. We went in. And I was like, just, if I just get some water, just to, I was like, do you have a big cup? I go, do you have a big cup? Do you have like a, like a witch, witch cup? <laughs> and like as a joke. And she's digging through the cupboard and she starts smirking and she pulls out a witch, witch cup. Oh and I'm God. like, fucking Susan, we're bonded oh for God, life. That's hilarious. We're bonded for life, Susan. Oh, I love that so much. Um, And then, <laughs> so I. Like a witch, witch cup. I'm like, do you have like a big big plastic cup do you have like a witch witch cup <laughs> fucking amazing i love that you can always make the funny even when it's like kind of a stressful situation even though it's not really i mean you're going over on christmas eve to your friend's house and your kid throws up on their front sidewalk yeah but you can make it you know but i was funny. also i was just it was christmas eve i'm just happy yeah and they're good people it's a tradition we go, we go yeah. there every year they have great people over there always. Mm -hmm. It's always a small, solid crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going in our cupboard and I'm like, why the fuck do we still have all these wine glasses? I know. I, I thought that the other day too. And then I got those little glasses from the Maui thing. Yeah. And I'm like, the whole setup, I just like that it's the glasses are pretty. They're very pretty. You know, some of them are like crystal. Yeah. But oh, like, yeah. They have to be caked in dust, you know. They definitely have a year of dust on them because we moved in a year ago. Right. Yeah. Um, also, we never, I hate wine. I never liked wine. Yeah. I liked sangria, but, you know. Oh. We liked sangria. Sangria was fucking great. Yeah. 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 That was like, that, that just felt like, oh, yeah, we're not really drinking. We're yeah, just it's drinking like, an entire gallon. Just, it's like that's what it was James. too. It's because we're like, oh well, we got to kill this pitcher of wine. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see? We don't want it to get watered down by the ice. You ever see the Sanford and Son where he drinks sangria? Uh, maybe. Oh my god, it's just such a funny, just 
exchange and it's just like you know the guy's like he's like oh here's a drink that you will really like sangria he's like oh all right and he's taking a drink he's like sangria what's that mean he's like it means blood <laughs> you know <laughs> yes. just oh, like shit. you know classic but it, it, it's oh oh this was the other thing i remember uh, honestly this all came flooding back I remember when I first got sober, like one of the thoughts I had was, oh, but we have that great wine opener. <laughs> <laughs> we have that unbelievable corkscrew. The rabbit. Yeah, the yeah. rabbit, mm -hmm. which I got from AMC one Christmas oh, yeah, when me right. and Nick Stevens hosted action movies. Yeah. But yeah, but again, it was just like, that is insane thinking because yeah. it's like, I don't even like wine. No, I mean, it was ritualistic that and then like collecting glasses, you know, I have the little like peacock glasses yeah. and those beautiful wine glasses. And yeah, it's I also remember I had just bought a huge bottle of Crown Royal from Costco oh that was God. unopened. That's hilarious. That we wound up dumping down the sink. Wow. Yeah. And life has never been better for me. I can only speak for myself. Yeah. My life has never been better. <laughs> so you went to Hawaii. Nobody liked your show. Nobody liked my show. Which is not true. No. No, I I you know, I I've told this story to a couple people because it really you know, AA today I was thinking like, oh, I can't tell this story again cuz I'm, you know, leading a meeting, I want to do the moth and like this is, you know, this is my story to tell, so it's okay that I'm telling this story, you know. Own it. Own it. But I definitely went over to Maui with expectations of how it would go. Uh-oh. And, you know, I shoved them down in my suitcase, all of them. And I, the funny thing is, like, I really thought that those expectations were confidence. I really thought that, like, I am so confident that I really believe that I am going to have throngs of people, standing ovations, win all the awards and come home and be a changed person. Like, that's just really what I thought. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm so confident now. It's great. And really all that was is just ego, you know? And, and I, again, learned this lesson the hard way because that's how I like to learn my lessons, the hard way. Well, that's the best way. <clears throat> it is. Thank God. But, you know, I go over there, I wrote this show that's very personal. It's very emotional. It's it's everything I wanted to do in a show, which is like singing and I do a big dance number. And um, but there's also really dark, really hard parts to visit, which is like, you know, thinking about a mom who wants to leave her kid and her husband and take off, which I did, you know, or somebody who can't stop drinking, which, you know, I fucking couldn't and couldn't stop getting high and you know there's all these really dark places so it's just a lot to perform but it's also really personal and I really want people to connect to it and I really want people to understand alcoholism and alcoholics and like that I think also is not the right reason to do a show you know unless I'm going to go out there and be all preachy and be like you know that's that's a different path well I, I don't understand alcoholism or alcoholics right. but I I I am getting to understand myself. Yeah. Yeah. There's That's just what, it was very a... extremely hard for me to watch that show for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, Matt watched the show and had my show in the 
Hollywood Fringe, and he had a very moving. Oh, ex- I like, just saw. Just yeah. It was. It's. It is a difficult show because it's fucking real. And I like. I. I think I was sitting next to Jessica, and I was just like, it turned around. I was like, it. That it. That's. She didn't make any of that up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean. It, you didn't literally go and move into a cave, but it's like right. But like, all the feelings are the same. You know, I I'm say like it's it, real. I say at one point in the show that my mom left me, and like my mom stuck around, but I felt like she left because she wasn't able to take care of me. She was yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I didn't mean to say <clears throat> yeah three times. Like no, no, no. You were dismissing me. It's okay. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Why? But at one point in the show, there is a moment where it, my character Gloria in the cave has this realization and she uh, realizes that, you know, basically her mom was just a human and that, you know, she doesn't want to stay in this cave. So she runs outside and she looks up at the, at the stars and she has this profound experience. She has this life changing experience by looking at the stars and understanding that like there's more out there than her and mm. life is actually really precious. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I wrote that because it sounded cool. I was like, that would be cool in a movie to like run outside and see the stars. So anyway, I go to Maui. I'm the Fringe Festival's wonderful there. Everybody who runs, you know, Michael Pulliam, who runs the festival and has run it for 10 years is wonderful. They give you this gift bag. It's like, great. You're in Maui. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And I did my first show and it's it was marvelous. It's much marvelous, wonderful to be in Maui. That was awful. Um, uh, <laughs> I did my first show and it was to a pretty good sized audience. They were responsive and it was good. My second show, the audience was half as big. There were probably like 17 people there and they were silent through the whole show. Like n- maybe one, maybe two laughs. Mm. Through the entire show, which I am working my ass off 50 minutes of just me. And I'm exhausted. Like, I don't sit down and take a rest in the middle of my show. You know, like I have a moment where I lay down and then it's just back to the races, you know. So I'm exhausted. And I'm like, fuck, man. I hope my last show is good. I hope there's a lot of people there, you know. And my last show has six people in the audience. And I'm I'm doing the same things that I do before every show. I'm doing my vocal warmups. I'm meditating. I do this like meditation to ease performance anxiety, which is like you take yourself out of your head basically and you mm-hmm. get into your body. So you look around the room, you scan the room and you either you do one of three things. You're either seeing something. So if I see these books, I'm like really experiencing the books, like what you know the pages feel like or whatever. Or I'm hearing something, the clock ticking, or I'm feeling my own body. Like, oh, it feels weird to sit that way. I need to stretch my leg out. And it works. It takes me out of my head. It it eased my fear about doing a show for six people because I knew there was not a big audience, you know. No, but you texted me before the show and and it was a much more positive take of like, there's only six people here and it's and I'm going to fucking kill it. Yeah, because I had done that work. Okay. But still, as I'm sitting there, for some reason, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this just for me. And people kept coming back to check in on me. So, like, there is that people-pleasing part of me that was like, no, yeah, I'm great. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. And it's like you tell yourself that it's you kind of manifest it into reality. It's going to be great. I'm going to do a great show. It's going to be great. When did the woman talk to you? After the first show? After this last show. After the last show? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Go ahead. I'm standing in the wings about to go on and 
the director of the festival says something really nice about my show. And I'm just like, right before he says that. He introduced you. He introduced me. Right before that, I'm just like mad. I'm like, I'm so pissed that I have to do this fucking show that is exhausting and sad. And <sighs> I'm pissed that I have to do this for six people. I was pissed. <laughs> and then I walk out on stage and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it for me. Like, I'm just going to do it for myself. And I had the best show of my life. Like, they were with me the whole way. Like, they, when I did my big dance number, which is, I do a dance to Robin's um, Call Your Girlfriend, the dance from the video. And I do the big number. I mean, they were cheering. I've never had an audience like cheer. That wasn't genuinely my friends. I didn't know these people. Mm. The elusive stranger market. I got them. And, um, and then after the show, the director, Michael, he came back, director of the festival, came back and said, Glennis, somebody from your audience wants to meet you. And I was like, oh, my God, 20 percent of my audience wants to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> so I go out and it's this woman and she's, you know, probably in her 60s. And she just, you know, takes me by the arm and she's like, thank you. Thank you so much. I really needed to see that. And I'm like, oh, you're welcome. And she's, you know, she says some very nice things about me. and. And then she goes and I'm just like, I fucking did that show for myself. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so happy. And I text you and I'm mm. just like, oh, I feel so good. And I went and I had lunch, you know, really immersed myself in the Maui culture. I went to Jimmy John's and like, just, I just. Can I get this Mike's way? <laughs> Hi, Jimmy John. Can I get this Mike's way? Can I get it the Maui Wowie way? Uh, and I just felt so good. Like I ha I haven't felt that good in sobriety, even in the Hollywood shows. Like I still had the self doubt and the, you know, and I was like, that's it. I'm fixed. I did it. You know, I'm, I'm still always like, when am I going to be fixed? Am yeah. I fixed now? And I felt so good. And then I went to go see the last two shows of the fringe. It was two solo shows. The first show was a woman who wrote a show about having survived uh, breast cancer and having gone through breast can cancer treatment and her show was great and her audience was big and there were people there from like a breast cancer survivor group and they were all taking pictures outside and like it was all the things that I wanted you know and I was like I got bummed and I was like and then that oh why can't I have cancer <laughs> god god life is so not oh don't have any sweet cancer oh man I, I really understand the process of chemotherapy so much better now. And it's like, Oh, what these women have to go through and what their bodies go through. It's just awful. Mm. Um, and it's funny too, because I'm watching that show and I'm going, nobody has fucking sympathy for alcoholics and it's a disease too. Nobody's fucking sick. And I start to get mad. And then that voice comes into my head, my alcoholic voice. that's like, you suck. You fucking suck. You're a loser. You fucking suck. And I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't suck. I'm cool. I'm awesome. Um, and then, and then I, and then I watched the last show of the friend, which is my dear friend April's show. And, and it's a, such a good show after I watched it and really like processed all my shit. I was like, God, it's such a good show, but she had a full house. And I say full as like the bottom row, the bottom sections were full, not the top sections, but you know, it's Maui, everyone's surfing. She had a full house. She got a standing ovation. And then at the awards ceremonies after and like between after her show, when people were standing up to applaud, I had to leave and go out to the car and call my sponsor. I was like, I can't do this. 
I can't go into the award ceremony. What if I don't win? What if I don't win? She's like, just, you know, let go results. She said all the, all the things, you know, like, where would you be now if you hadn't gotten sober? Oh, because yeah, I would have been fucking living in a cave, you know, like a metaphorical cave. So I went back in and, and they gave awards to every show, <laughs> but mine. Like literally? Like I, that, well, here's the thing. There were only four shows in the competitive category. <laughs> <laughs> and you know michael was really sweet and was like and we want to you know huge thanks to glennis and you know it was such a wonderful job and i was just like fuck you fuck you fuck all of you you can fuck and people just kept coming over to my aisle and trapping me and i was like i gotta get the fuck out of here and they were like let's take a picture together i mean it's the end of the festival yeah. and i'm like i gotta get the fuck out of here i gotta i'm gonna punch somebody in the face i gotta get out of here i could not process i gotta get out of here I gotta get and uh there are probably some gorgeous caves in maui oh i bet actually <laughs> april and her husband went hiking and they saw a gorgeous cave actually lava had flown down and and created this big tunnel and so the mouth of the cave is just a hollowed out lava tunnel and to think you could have been there and died in the lava i put down a deposit <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I go out to the car and I'm just furious. I'm so, I'm like, I knew it. I knew I sucked. God damn it. Why didn't anyone tell me? I fucking knew it. it you know, there, there can't be any other reason for any of this. Of course I suck. And I text my sponsor and she, it's late here. And she's like, I can't talk to you. My husband's sleeping. And, you know, and I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. You know, and she's texting me all this great stuff. I don't want to hear it. I'm texting you. I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear any of it. I want to be mad. You know, this, I, I, I was right. I was right. I suck. I want to be mad. Um, and there's something very addictive and very exciting about that feeling, you know? And it's like, that's the same as drinking. Like you might as well just pick up a drink if you're going to sit in that. No, don't pick up a drink, but. Well, yeah, it's that thing of, you know, you don't have to sit in your own shit just because it's warm. <laughs> that's right. There's also blankets. Um, and so I drive back to my hotel, which is like 35, 40 minutes away. And that's a good clip to really just stew. Stewed. I stewed. Just fucking angry with the beauty, with just the Maui, with the awards. Thinking about driving off the cliff and thinking about drinking and thinking about all the things that I knew I wasn't going to do. But, mm -hmm. you know, and I get back to my hotel and I try everything except for, you know, the things that actually do work, like prayer and meditation for me. I try everything. I try watching TV. I try knitting. I try, you know, eating food to make myself, you know, f nothing is working. And I sit in my bed and I stew. And this is kind of embarrassing, but I stew until three o'clock in the morning. Like I was angry and bothered, not, uh, not angry the whole time, but bothered and upset and really not okay until three in the morning. And then I'm laying in bed and I'm just like, I got to fucking, I need a change of scenery. I need some fucking air. And I open my balcony. But at one point, at what at what point did you text with me? I didn't get through at all. You said that me saying. No, I mean, I heard you say that. I heard you okay. say like, you know, you don't want to hear what I have to say. And it softened it a bit because I was like, no, he's right. I don't want to hear what anyone has to say. So 
maybe I just need to be uncomfortable. You know, like I'm not going to do anything to myself to hurt myself. I'm not going to like drink. I'm not going to drive off a cliff. But yeah, I don't want to hear what anyone has to say. So if I'm choosing this right now, then like, I don't know, there was some acceptance there, I guess. Because I was like, I was like, it's just, it's too fucking perfect that like you do this like real, like it's not an easy, it's not a fluffy fucking show. No. And I think it is because I'm like, but there's Disney songs, but I sing Disney songs. It's fluffy. And, right. then, and meanwhile, I'm like, I don't want to go back to that place. Oh, God, it's so hard to go back there. Right. You know? Yeah, it's not. Some stuff got through, but I just didn't want to hear it. I really didn't. So okay. I, you know, I open my balcony and I walk out on the balcony and there is just the most gorgeous night sky of stars. And I look up at the sky and I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I did not expect that. I, I expected to walk outside and see two stars like Los Angeles, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit. And it didn't really occur to me until later that that's exactly what I wrote in my show. Right. And, and I sit there and I see Orion in the sky and that's the constellation I used to look at with my dad. And like, so I start thinking about my dad and I had seen a green beetle earlier, which I'd always like associated mm. with my dad's spirit. And, and I just like started praying and I just started talking to my dad. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know what I did wrong. Like, where did I go wrong? You know? Mm. But after a minute, I start to feel some comfort. Like I start to feel his presence, you know? So I go back in and I can finally, I, I go, I go to sleep pretty easily and I wake up in the morning. And the first thought that I have when I get out of bed is you cannot validate yourself through other things. You cannot use other outside things to validate yourself. You are a queen. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, I am a queen. And I went and looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, you are a queen. Look at you. You are a queen. Like, you are amazing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. And the whole ride home in coach on the air, like, <laughs> I'm like, I was the queen, queen of, of coach. coach. I was. I was the queen of coach. Well. And I just. I just said it over and over in my head because I didn't want it to go away. I didn't want to forget the whole flight home while I was knitting, while I was watching movies, I kept reminding when I would feel like small, I would go, no, you are a queen. You are a queen. And I would sit up straight and I would hold my head high and I, I can't. What did you watch on the plane again? <laughs> oh, so many movies. So many movies. Pick of destiny. No, I watched that in my hotel room. Oh God. Yeah. That's amazing. No, that was on the, yeah, that was the best. And, and and how funny is that too? Because like whatever that Tenacious D doc is, like they make that movie and it comes out and it's like, right. And it's like box office poison. Right. Like I remember like they're on a bus or something and Jack Black's like, it's not even the number one comedy. And I'm watching that in my hotel room before all this shit goes down. And I'm just like giggling madly. I'm like, this movie is that movie's so fucking brilliant. incredible. Tim Robbins. And they make it look so, oh God, Tim is, is fucking so funny. Insanely funny. Like of everything that Tim Robbins has ever done, 
that might be the funniest thing I've ever seen Truly. him do. So it's funny. insane. Just him sitting tr- down on the him stool. trying to sit down on that <laughs> stool is fucking insane. And I'm just like, God, these guys are so brilliant. They make it look so yeah. easy. And it because it is, it's simple. Keep it simple. It's so right. simple and neat. And you know, meatloaf. Like, is there anybody you want to see less than meatloaf? No, no. And he's incredible in that. I don't want to hear anything from meatloaf. <laughs> It's, that's Steve Wagner's like deal breaker is meatloaf. Really? Oh, I remember after watching, we were watching Rocky Horror once. And I was like, yeah, but you must like the song Sweet Patootie. He goes, oh no, it's great for two reasons. One, he didn't drink. He didn't, he didn't drink. One, he didn't write it. And two, he dies at the end. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Oh my God. When I lived in North Carolina and I, all I did, all I had was a radio and I just listened to the radio all the time. All I wanted to hear was waterfalls by TLC and, uh, or, um, or, uh, what a man. And when they played meatloaf, I got so mad. I was like, God, again, this song is so long. I would do anything oh, God, I for love. hate that song so much. Okay. Anyway. So, so yes, I had this fucking profound and, and the, the icing on top of this whole story yeah. is thank God I did not win an award. Right. Thank right. God. Right. Because I would have hung that award on my wall and that would have been my validation. I would have posted about it. I would have taken pictures of it and it would be my validation until, you know, when until I fucking feel bad again. And this feeling has not left me this feeling of, and I and really what what when I'm saying I am a queen, what I'm really saying is I am worthy of loving myself. I am worth worthy of feeling like I am not a piece of shit, mm. you know. And I haven't ever had that feeling, truly, unless I was drinking and drugging. Yeah. So, yeah. My made up meatloaf album is all violators will be towed at owner's expense. Oh, my God. You are the worst. Do you want to hear a joke real quick? This is what I thought of when you were talking about. This is what I was thinking while you were talking. No. The part where I should have been listening. (laughs) This is what I was thinking. No, when you were saying you were talking about drinking, you were like, I couldn't find my. And I was like, it made me think of this joke where the guy walks out of the bar and he's really drunk and he has his keys in his hand. And the cops are oh, like, God. all right, all right, where are you going? And he's like, I lost my car. Where's my car? It was right on the end of my keys the last time I saw it. And they're like, okay, come with us. And he's, and the cop goes, oh, sir, your fly's down. And the guy looks down and he goes, where's my wife? I'm just leaving. Did I tell it really good? Yeah. Oh, you're leaving. Some I'm leaving. Spa- uh, yeah, because the audience is. They're all laughing. People are, over. people are pulling their cars over on the highway to laugh. L- listen, we do not. No. <laughs> keep your fingers out of your butt. <laughs> yes, audience. Keep your fingers out of your butt. Is that your reaction to jokes? That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> You had you had the best experience out of everyone, anyone in that festival. Yeah. 
It's I, too I fucking did. perfect. I know. It's too perfect. I know. That the last show, there was six people there. You had the best show you've ever done. Mm-hmm. They were with you. Get this woman who tells you, I needed to see that. Yeah. And then you lost in every category. (laughs) And it's so funny. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's like. It's so crazy. You literally walked out on the balcony and you're like. Because like in the show, like Gloria is surprised by the stars. Right. It was the exact same thing that happens in my show. That's crazy. I know. And I was telling Nina today and she was like, it's so crazy that like your higher power had you write this show so that you could have this profound experience and understand your worth finally, you Mm. know? And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot explain it. Like it is, it is like, it's just the, one of the biggest moments of my life, truly walking out on that balcony having that experience saying I'm, you know, just fucking crazy. And all of this took a lot of work to get here. Yeah. A lot of work, you know, Queen G. Where's my crown? So I talked a lot, but yeah, but that's every week. (laughs) Do you want to read the email? Should we, do we have time for that? Yeah. So send your emails to I love you okay pod at gmail.com. And uh, we will we will talk about them on the air if you'd like. We got one very nice email from my my childhood friend Seth, who um who I used to go over to his house all the time and we would play dress up and we would be in a rock band together. And uh, he had some very nice things to say about the show. So thank you, Seth, for writing in. It was nice to hear from you. And now Matt's going to read an email we got from a listener who wanted our experience on something. I'm stalling for time because Matt's looking it up. We need a producer. Where's Gilda? No, she's already in bed. (laughs) It's so funny. She, like, goes to bed. You said that last time. I feel like I said that just in life. Oh, I think you said it on the show. Maybe. Am I? You did. You did. Am I not allowed to say things on the show? Are you workshopping? No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I do think it's funny that she goes to bed. It's like she puts her little nightcap on, brushes her teeth, drinks her Alka-Seltzer. Is that what people do? Do do people still drink Alka Seltzer before bed? I think so. I do you think Gildas like lays in bed and she's like, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> Did I flag it? Where is this? My phone's in Jack's room still. I got it. Okay. Flag it, tag it, sell to the butcher in the store. Uh this email is from Dan. Just want to say that I love the podcast and it helps so much that you guys are so open. My wife and I have been together for nine years, married for almost four. 
I just recently told her that I've been dealing with depression and anxiety for most of my life. We are about to have our first kid this May. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and I finally came clean. Come clean. Because I don't feel like, uh, I don't want to feel like this when we have a child to care for. Do you guys feel like going to counseling helped? Any tips for being able to be more open and able to have a conversation with my wife about how I'm feeling? Hmm. I just want to be a great dad for baby Bo. Well, I'll tell you this much. You are going to be a great dad. That's Um, what I said. I wrote back and I said, you're already a great dad. Yeah. So, you know, don't worry about that. Uh, Like truly. Counseling helps. Talking helps. You know, I don't, I don't know if, I, I don't know the situation. Um, I don't know if, uh, Probably, I, I I don't know. I I would I would think any couple would benefit from from counseling, or just if he. Needs but yeah, to, yeah, I think that you know, like my uh, like a friend of mine was talking about early today about you know wanting to get into a relationship, and somebody was like said to him, "Well, why don't you just focus on being a a good friend first? Like work on you first. Yeah, you know." Um, that's where this makes my mind go Yeah, is, well, go and talk to someone, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can find the right person and it can help a lot. I mean, I've had, I would say I wouldn't, I haven't had the best experiences with therapists, but I've always gotten something out of it. You know, I mean, I, they are people. Therapists go to see therapists as well. They should. Sure. And they are humans. I have had working relationships with therapists, meaning I've gone to therapists, uh, some of which I'm like, you have nothing that I want. Yeah. And then others that I'm like, uh, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. What are you, Buddha? You know? (laughs) Um, and then there are people just in my real life that I've met and then later found out that they are a therapist and I'm like, oh my fucking God, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Then there are other people that I hear that used to be a therapist. I'm like, well, would you start up again so that I can talk to you? Cause you're fucking amazing. Yeah. So it's, you know, shop around. But yeah. I, but it, the point is, I uh, here's what I can speak to, as far as being depressed and being anxious myself is, I have never been, I have never had a clinical depression. I have never had a chemical imbalance that would would require medication. So I can speak to just the feeling of being depressed, being anxious, you know, um, in a unmanageable way that I have now been able to manage through, for lack of a better term, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, of, of, of 
facing fear, facing dishonesty, um, facing selfishness. And again, I'm just speaking for me. Yeah. Um, and in changing my behavior, changing my actions, it has slowly led to me changing my thinking. Yeah. And when I do find myself going down that that path of, see, I told you, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> right. You know, when I take that, you know, contrary action, when I do the thing that I'm positive that, well, I don't want to do that. Whether it's showing up to somewhere that I've been invited to perform or somebody that I'm going to meet with that could help my career or even just making my bed <laughs> or doing the dishes in the sink. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that I find, oh, I fucking feel better now. Yeah. That I can, I can't, I can't really think myself into good actions, but I can act myself into good thinking, you know? Yeah. And as somebody who has, you know, been diagnosed with depression and I've also taken medication for depression, mm. um, it's, you know, there's different levels of depression and it can feel really impossible to care about anything when you're, when, you know, I, I felt it really, I found it really hard as a, I suffered from um, postpartum depression after I had Jack and I found it even hard to care about Jack. Like I, of course I did all the things, you know, he was fed, he was clothed, he had clean clothes. I was doing all the things, but there was just this like numbness. I just didn't care, you know, and, I, and you've experienced that for me as well, where, you know, it was your birthday and I was like, I don't fucking care. I can't care. I am so, and it's hard to explain that to somebody who doesn't, who hasn't experienced that, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the situation and I don't know you, but I, I can say as, as far as my experience can lend itself, speaking up is the absolute best way to start the ball rolling yeah not you know? isolating don't just you know if i no. isolate and stay that's what happens is i isolate i stay in my head and then i end up sitting in my bed till three in the morning and that's you know and that's a ruined night you know that's that's scary that can be really scary without any other tools in my toolbox right that, that was gonna end in a really bad place right and that's what i was gonna say next is that um arming ourselves with with tools with and whatever that means if it if it means you know uh actions that we can take steps that we can take um even just language you know finding a way to communicate our feelings because i i i i when i hear something like you know when i read um something like uh any tips for being able to be more open and able to have a conversation with my wife about how i'm feeling um what that brings up in me is a feeling of well i don't want to say how i'm feeling and scare the shit out of the other person right um because i certainly know how that feels and there are times when like 
you know, I, I feel like every episode we've done has like a beginning, a middle and an end and like a full circle where it is like, I asked Glennis, what do you want? And she said, I want to go to a cave and drink myself to death. That's a scary response to get from someone who's trying to find an honest answer, right? you know, who's trying to access um, the truth. Yeah. Um, whereas really that was <laughs> clearly a cry for help, you right. know? Right. Um, but I was not in a place where I could hear that or understand that. And Glennis needed to do a lot of work and write a whole fucking show <laughs> and perform it, a like fly all the way to Hawaii yeah, to fucking finally get through that, just that one statement. Yeah. You know? Um, but also remember that like the person that I was talking to loved me, loves me more than anyone in the world. Yeah. You know? And like, if they're not going to hear that, you're not going to hear that and run away. And if you do, then you're not meant to be with that person, you know? And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I just, you know, that will ease some of the so fear. So Glennis says, leave your pregnant wife. <laughs> How dare you? Think of baby Bo. Baby Bo. So cute. Baby Bo. We named our baby before he was born too. That's right. He told us what to name him. I had a dream that his name was Jack. And then I woke up and Matt said, what about Jack? And I was like, holy shit. What? what? I know. But just remember the person you're talking to loves you very much. Yeah. I mean, the things that I've had to learn to do when, when talking about how I'm feeling, uh, cause all, all I can speak to is my experience is that, um, I just, I've had to, uh, to really put work into learning how to make I statements. Um, just to, just to own my feelings. Like I feel this way. Um, I think it may be, be because of X, Y, and Z not, uh, what I've had to stop doing is like, you're making me mad, mm. you know? Right, because no one can make you do anything. No, it, but instead of instead of saying, you know, you're making me mad, Glennis, I say, I don't like the way that you're talking to me. I feel mad yeah. or I feel sad or I feel hurt. Even just accessing, even it, it, like I truly needed like a, that chart on the wall at the hospital with like, how are you feeling today? And like pointing at the face because I didn't like I had to ask a therapist once, what are the possible feelings that I could be feeling? Because all I knew was great, shitty and nothing. And drunk. Yeah. yeah. Which is nothing. Yeah. Which is because I, I'm an alcoholic. So I either want to feel great or nothing. Yeah. I either want to fucking, you know. Fright or flight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing is also, um, owning my feelings, but not being my feelings. And what I mean by that is, is I stopped saying I am angry and I say, I feel angry because a feeling is just that it is just how I feel. 
it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. When and when I'm in the middle of a feeling, I can't. I I see no end in sight. Yeah. But if I stop and reflect on when did the feeling begin, I can be because I'm like I felt good. Why the fuck am I pissed off now? And I go back and I look and I'm like, oh right. Because like there was another morning, Glennis and I were, you know, I don't even remember what, but we, you know, we we got upset about something with each other. And then we went to a thing. And as soon as I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, fucking great. And like everything, I'm like, I was aware enough that I'm like, I'm already angry and uncomfortable. More uncomfortable than angry, but I was just like, everything that was happening as the morning went on, I was like, is it not helping or am I just angry and I'm going to be angry no matter what's happening, mm. you know? And then different people were doing different things that were just, you know, I'm like, I, I'm just pissed off, yeah, you know? Um, or not, I am pissed off. I felt pissed off. Um, <laughs> you sounded like Tina. Um, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> Tina Belcher. <laughs> yeah, I think those are. I, I, I don't think there was something else I wanted to say, or that it was making me remind myself that I, you know, because this is why it's also good just to talk about things because I fucking forget. I fucking forget constantly, you know, and, and I need to be reminded by just talking, talking with other people who feel the same way. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, right. Oh, I do that. Oh, right. I need, yes, I need to be aware of that as well. Oh, fuck. There's got to be a better way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, all humans want is connection. That's really all we want. And when we're isolating, whether Get it's, connected for free. Oh my god! I oh digital cable. Get a lot of channels. Well, that's a what? different one. Get, what's connected for free? It was like oh, it was a different IO song. It, it, no, it was like uh, she was a waitress, and oh, um, that's right, that's right. But it was like it was some like get a degree or something that's or right. get connected for free. I've been working at a coffee shop. Da, 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 yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get Sorry. connected Tangent. for free. <laughs> That's right. And something, something connection. Get connected for, for free. free. Yeah. Yeah. And human connection is free unless you're paying a therapist. Anyway. I'm sorry. All I'm trying to think of is how that song went. You could Google it. Google My grades it. weren't the best. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's so funny. Anyway. We love a, a catchy jingle. Wanna Fanta? Don't you wanna? Don't you wanna, wanna Fanta? Um, <sighs> I think like I feel less alone when I hear somebody else, you know, relating to something that I'm going through. Oh, well, totally, yeah. And yeah. you know, you you have to remember that you know, there's. I mean, I have to remind myself that there are other people in the world that feel the way that I feel, mm -hmm. and you like know, Peter Frampton. Like Jesus Christ, you are just a pop culture machine <laughs> wubba wubba 
downtown oh Julie Brown. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Here's the other thing I was going to say. Oh. That, you know, we're talking about like kind of putting a name to these feelings, saying I feel this way. And, you know, if the depression is so bad that there is just the numb feeling, which is the lack of feelings, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Then there it is for me, it was really important to get outside help. I had to see a psychiatrist and get on medication. And that really helped me a lot. I mean, that saved my life truly because I, I just could not get out of it myself. All I felt was just. And there's no shame empty. in that. Oh, you know? no. I, I feel like some no. people might, well, there is a, there's a stigma. Well, yeah, there's definitely a stigma. It's like, do it yourself, fix it yourself. Like I remember somebody said, just be happy. And I was like, I don't think it's that easy. Like, I, I wish it was, but right. I don't think it is. Like, I need help. Right. And then I can, at least for me, I can say, like, I can't just decide to be happy either. Right. But I can take action that will yeah. lead me to feeling happy. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, but psychiatry I mean, there, might be that right. action. It, it, no doubt. But, it, but even, but, but even like, I mean, I don't know the terminology, but like a mood stabilizer that I don't know. I have no experience taking medication for basically anything. Right. Um, except for just self-medicating, you know, yeah. my, my alcoholism. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 I don't know. I guess I'm asking you still have feelings it's just i don't know is it that they're i've i don't know because um, well, i've also different... i've heard too many people talk about like you know they're medicated and they feel right they feel numb well yeah. you know my what i took was wellbutrin and what wellbutrin does is it just kind of resets your brain my brain had no serotonin serotonin yeah serotonin I, I just had a, a very, I had been depressed for so long since I was a child and mm-hmm. it just, I was just sad. There was no happiness left in my brain. So it kind of, um, kickstarted my brain and made me feel better. Like I wasn't crying all the time. I didn't feel like killing myself all the time. I wasn't, you know, there was no suicide ideation. There was no, there was no, I started to feel feelings, you know, and it, it was so subtle that I didn't realize that it was happening until it was like, I have had, I've had like two good days in a row. That's crazy. I haven't had two good days in a row since I was five years old, you know? Mm. So that's what, that's the only thing I can speak to. You know, I, I have people in my family that are on medication for real mental illness, like, you know, bipolar disorder. And that is something that I've heard people say, like, it makes you feel numb. And that's why they go off their medication. I can't speak to that because that's not my experience. But all I can think of is like that episode of Six Feet Under where Billy goes off and he like buys leather pants and is dancing to the specials. (laughs) And then he can't get the leather pants off. So he puts um, baby powder on his legs and then, oh, no, that's friends. Sorry. Oh, my God. That's right. Do you remember that? He gets stuck in the bathroom with his leather pants yeah. on. Uh, Ross, right? It sounds like something Ross would yeah, do. Yeah, it was very Ross-like. Well, there's also, there's a Seinfeld, which is the superior show, uh, where <laughs> Far. Uh, where Kramer is wearing like skinny jeans and he can't get them off. Oh, and yeah. And 
Then and like, he's walking like a zombie. Then like yeah, the little kid thinks he's Frankenstein. <laughs> oh my god, Frankenstein, that's right. Yeah. And the little kid with the glasses, he's so cute. Um, that's right. He uh what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I remember when I saw my psychiatrist, that's what I was gonna say. She said, You're probably not gonna have to take this forever. You just need to like reset your levels, your serotonin. Oh, interesting. Levels. Yeah. And so that's why I keep that's why I've continued to go back to her because she saw me through, you know, when I was going in high and and lying that I was that I was sober. You know, she saw me through all that. I know she knew and she, you know, pushed for me to get sober. See, I'm so manipulative that I even though I knew I didn't have a problem, wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. I never went to I always waited till after therapy to get high. Yeah. Oh, I would get high for job interviews, for therapy sessions, for fucking dinner dates. I mean, we had oh, our, yeah. the last time that we had an anniversary. I guess it I guess it was probably three years ago. And we went to that nice um Japanese restaurant, Mikado, I think it is, up in right near the Magic Castle. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's expensive and it's really nice. And I got high before. And I was just so mad at myself the whole night. I was like, I, I'm, I can't even, I needed to get high again. So I was like, I had that like sleepy, like just horrible feeling. And I was just so mad at myself. I was like, sure. why did I do this? Well, I don't know. It's funny. I, I can't think of specific examples, but like so many times suddenly being in a situation or like, because I, I would just go home and get high, yeah. go home and get high. Just like, can't wait to just fucking get home and get high. Or if I'm out, like I got to have some shit on me so I can get high. Yeah. Like I have to be high. Yeah. Um, And then some suddenly being in a situation or with people, probably family or something where it's just like, oh no, like what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like being just faced with that in the moment of like, wait, I can't get high. There's no way out. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah, that is trapped. Fucking panic. Yeah. Like, like, like ready to chew off my own arm. Panic. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing is that we are both addicts. So our brains respond very differently to drugs and alcohol than normal people's brains. And I was just watching that first episode of that Gwyneth Paltrow goop uh, show because morbid curiosity. You yeah. know how I feel about Gwyneth Paltrow. But also I'm trying to be more open and less judgmental of things, you know. So when I start to hear myself going, I know exactly what that is and it's stupid. Then I go, mm, let me just look at look at it. Let me see what it is. And, you know, the show is about how they are using drugs to, like, help people process safely big emotions, you know, mm. big traumas. Like some guy went to Iraq and had huge PTSD from that. And he was able to process that through using MDMA in a like with therapists, licensed professionals. So, you know, I can't do that. I would assume you can't do that, Matt. No. But, you know, that's not us sitting here going, weed is bad and alcohol is bad. No, and no, it's no, just no, bad no, 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 no,
I just, you know, no, that shit's I just great. wanted to say that. That shit's great and it saved my fucking life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, truly. But like that, it's, but it's, I can't, I, I can't, I can't do that stuff because then it's all I'm going to want to do. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, I would, I would do ecstasy every day, all day, but I, <laughs> I just can't get my hands on it. Like I did 20 years ago in Providence. Well, you'd probably do something else too. Like you'd probably just be on Molly all the time. Dude, I knew a guy who had Ritalin and he's like, you know, if we just crush this up and snort it, you fucking feel fantastic. Yeah. And like, if I could do that every, like I, the amount of times I did mushrooms by myself and like, that's, that's a thing where like once, when you dose, like you can't do it again the next day, like it will not work. Mm. Like s- there are psychedelics that are like that. Yeah. And just like taking them the next night and just all I'm doing, I'm not getting high from it. I'm just literally putting poison in my body and, and, and increasing that toxicity from the mushrooms that's in so my crazy. system. I and totally just, and then being fucking pissed that I can't fucking trip. I relate to that. That's for sure. Wow. You know, I mean, it's just like fucking, it's just unmanageable. I mean, what was the, the, but I still have to do a lot of work, save that thought, but I still have to do a lot of work every day. Um, because I needed all that stuff to fucking get through my day. So I have a different, different things that I do sober that help keep me sober yeah uh and keep me just just uh, just feeling right-sized basically because yeah. because when i'm left alone i'm either too much or i'm not enough i'm either the the, the greatest or i'm the worst yeah. there's no in between unless i put in a, a lot of very conscious effort from the moment i wake up in the morning yeah yeah and it's very easy for me to start sliding and be like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, for me, it's isolation. It's very easy for me to just mm-hmm. be like, I don't need people. I don't want to talk to yeah. people. And Which is an action, which is an yeah. active action mm-hmm. that I will take when I feel lonely or alone. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, then I'll isolate. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I was going to say is that great quote we heard the other day, uh, alcoholism will find a hole to fuck you in because I relate to that so hard. It's like when I'm lonely, I isolate when I'm, you know, full, (laughs) when I'm, I want to lose weight. I eat. Oh Um, yeah. When I'm worried about money, I I spend spend money. money. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I heard the other day, which I was like, Oh yeah, that that's me is you are going to get more out of it when you once you stop knowing everything. Right. Right. And that's why, you know, we don't know shit. I I just know my experience. And the last thing I would, I want to say about my experience with, you know, recognizing my feelings and, and processing or working through some depression and is just, I wrote about it. And that's why I have a show is I just started talking, writing about it and talking about on stage in a class that I was taking. Mm. And that helped me process a lot of shit, you know? Um, And I've, and I write about, you know, when I'm feeling like I'm not being the best mom, I'll start writing about being a mom. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, I'm talking about, I'm writing about my dad or, you know, something that I, didn't think was related. So that's the last thing I'll say about what helps me. Good. 
Love you. Okay. Okay. And yeah, dude, you're already a great dad. You're already a great dad. Mm -hmm. And I love you. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> uh, I love you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now I got to go edit the show because it's Sunday night, baby. Babe. Babe. I've got you, babe. Get connected. For, for free. free. At Information Connection. Something. Something like that. Get connected. Yeah, there were a couple of those. <laughs> what was, what, there was also another one that was like, I don't know what the ad was for, but it was like a guy playing guitar at like a, a fish restaurant and they're all dressed like pirates. Oh, yeah. We'll find these and put them yeah. on our Instagram. Can we do that? I don't know if we can do that. We'll link to them somewhere. We can do that. We can put them on our Facebook. That's what we'll do. We can do that. We can do anything we want. We'll do the IO digital cable. It'll be great, guys. Okay. Okay. I love you. I love you. Okay. okay. <laughs>